Hey everybody, this is Justin Michael Williams with Motivation for Black People, interviewing young black creators and leaders who are making history today. And today I have on the line with me Aaron Lang. Say what's up, Aaron. Hi, everybody. Ah, so I'm so excited to have Aaron on the line. Well, first of all, hold on. Let me go through this resume. If you guys, uh, so I've interviewed a lot of people on this podcast, and Aaron's resume is the shit. Let me just tell you. So Aaron is an activist, a TV show host. She was one of the hosts of PBS's First Person. Um, she's an organizer, a really great organizer who is working toward the power and liberation of black trans women. She's been featured in Cosmopolitan and Huffington Post, on BuzzFeed and MSNBC, by Mac, by Allure, by Dot Mike. I mean, listen, everything. And right now she's currently the movement building and campaign manager at Get Equal, which is a radical grassroots LGBT organization that's focused on the liberation of queer people of color. Now listen, that's not even everything. That's all that I let her let, get, like, tell me because I was like, I can't read this. So Erin, you're incredible. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, you know, I have to tell you, I personally, um, you know, it was a really interesting moment for me. And this is in like full transparency as I was creating the Power 28 list. So I'm going through mm-hmm. the... 28 list and I'm getting to like 26 you know I have these people on the list and I stopped and I looked at the list and I said oh my god and I looked I said I have no trans person on this list and Mm -hmm. and like my heart literally dropped to my stomach because in my conversations in my community I'm talking about this in the work that I do in the world I'm talking about inclusion and I almost Even being me who I am, like identifying as gay and having so many friends in the community and a total advocate for everything, almost created something that did not provide full representation of our people. And I thought, and and then I called my boy YOLO and was like, YOLO, look what I almost did. I need you to talk to me. I'm feeling really bad, (laughs) you know? And I said, but I still have some space, you know, on the list. And I really want to feature someone who's doing incredible work in the community that's really doing work, not just being a celebrity about it, but really doing the work. And um, as I researched you, Aaron, and looked you up, I was just like, this couldn't be more perfect. And, you know, I bring this story up and, and saying what almost happened just to recognize, too, like, how this happens in the world, right? Um, yeah. In these ways and yeah. spaces where we don't all exist all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, I just would love for you just to start out. We're, gonna, I, I, we're definitely going to get into your story and definitely get into all of that. But I just want to hear a little bit from you about the work that's being done and why it's so important. Um, because I think for everybody listening who doesn't have this experience, who don't have friends or community members, um, that are trans people and and understanding why this is so important right now coming from you, I think could be yeah. very powerful. Yeah, um, I think there's there's so much work going on um, in trans communities from trans people. Um, but I think I have been specifically focused and I have come up under black trans people. Uh, and black trans women. Um, I'm from Columbus, Ohio, and um, in Ohio, about three, three or four years ago, um, there was a week where four trans women um, had been, uh, their murders had been announced. And that's what got me activated. Um, 
just kind of trying to get to the bottom of why we were getting killed. Everybody said it was we were dating black cis men or we were sleeping with black cis men and black cis men were killing us. Um, But there's so much more to the story, I think, when you deny people access to the basic necessities of life um, and belonging and affirmation, it leads people to spaces and places where danger is at every turn. So the deaths of trans women don't just have one reason or they don't come from one place. It's actually the same things that people experience um, systemically, the same things that trans people experience systemically, the same things that women experience. Ah, I'm fucking up my words. No, it's all good. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't say it again. Um, All of those things combined, the black trans women experiences. Um, So the work has really been trying to identify how to interrupt um, the murders, the violence, but also how to build community and actually just build real power, power of influence, um, power of change within trans communities that don't come from cis people. A lot of times when trans people are thought of or trans people are mentioned, it's through LGBT organizations that don't really center or don't really have work that is focused on trans people. Um, but bring trans people in as tokens to kind of let everyone else know that organizations are doing what they're supposed to be doing. But just like you forgot um, to include a trans person um, in this list, people often forget to include us in boardrooms and leadership and in employment and in spaces where we are actually who people are getting funded to take care of. Mm. So the work has been really just trying to educate like myself. Um, I feel like most of what I've done has been just trying to get educated myself politically, um, but also just figure out how we can build sustainable power that is for us, by us, and us being uh, black trans women. This is incredible. I, I, I just think it's so important. And I the reason why I really wanted to share my story, you know, is just to even show that somebody who I consider myself somebody who's very conscious of this kind of stuff, you yeah. know, and that that almost happened. And then we see things that are mm-hmm. happening in the world right now. And like you said, in every office, in every boardroom, in every places where things are going on. And it's not making an excuse, but I think yeah. the more that we're aware um, the more we recognize how we're naturally using these prejudices, you know what I mean, without even yeah. without even seeing it. And so the work that you're doing, you're saying, is bringing that awareness out and helping trans people be seen more and have the support behind them and created from a system that is f- specifically for trans people. Yeah, and not just being seen more. I think I think over the past couple of years, um, the idea of visibility being this end-all, be-all for trans people. Like, if people know we exist, if people see us, things will magically change for us um, on a systemic and societal level. And it's just... Not that's true. just not the case. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> it's really important to be able to affirm trans women, specifically black trans women, to be able to affirm our power, our brilliance, um, and the gifts that we bring to not only... Um, trans communities, but this world, you know, 
black trans people have been surviving um, as long as black people have been surviving in the shit. And we have had to build our own underground economies and structures to be able to move through the world and get some semblance of life. So it's, it's about so much more than people seeing us. It's about understanding that you all don't get to decide if we are worthy of existence. You know, we are worthy because we exist. What we need is people who will move out of our way and people who will actually support us uh, to be able to build the power that we need to be able to support ourselves. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. This is so powerful, Aaron. <laughs> thank you. I'm just sitting here with my eyes closed like, thank God I got you on this line right now to just tell these people and me what's up, you know? So let, uh-huh. let me... I'd love to go into your personal story a little bit because I saw a video as I was looking you up online where, you know, you posted the timeline of your transition, which I thought was so powerful. And oh my my (laughs) gosh, I mean, it was incredible. I was sitting here with like my sister and two of my friends. I was like, look, 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 look. I was just like, this is amazing. Uh um, I just want to hear a little bit of your personal story and and how this has been for you and how you've, how not only, because I think there are a lot of people um, who transition or go through this process, right? But not everybody becomes an activist and dedicates their life's work to it. And so I yeah. think I want to talk a little bit about your story and then how it's led you to becoming the activist and the movement maker that you are. Yeah. Um, okay, well, where do I start? You know, um, it all started with an orange basketball, but um, I'm just kidding. But... <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, I don't know. So I grew up um, in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, me, my mother, and my sister, it was just us three. Um, I always had an understanding that the gender that I had been placed in or the box I had been placed in wasn't exactly my truth. I don't think I understood that I was a trans woman. I didn't have that language. I didn't, I didn't know that we existed um, when I was young. So I went through life trying to adhere to the role I had been given. Um, And I thought I did a good job. I was actually just telling a friend the other day, like I really gave it the college try, but it just wasn't, it it just wasn't the move. Um, So after graduating high school, um, I just started just dabbling more in things that I have been afraid to dabble in, like makeup and colorful clothing and like uh like short overalls and just really just kind of exploring my expression in a different way um and as i explored my expression i found myself getting more and more uncomfortable um in my role or in my assignment and it was honestly being able to see janet mock and laverne cox um just it was actually laverne cox first uh, through Orange is the New Black, like to see a black trans woman um, and to see a black trans woman be able to talk about herself and to be able to talk about other black trans women and our plight um, in such an eloquent way. It it really affirmed for me what I had always known but didn't have words for. Um, And from then on, I just started taking the steps, the necessary steps to alter, you know, my body, not alter, but to, to transform into who I actually am. And I say that not just meaning my gender, I mean just, 
you know, life is a journey of transformation. Mm-hmm. This isn't my final destination, um, and I'm going to transform again. But I say this transformation has been the most noticeable and notable one for me um, in my life thus far. And like I said earlier, you know, I'm from Columbus, Ohio, and we have a very interesting um activist community here. It's it's based in academia, you know, um, Columbus, Ohio is a college town, Ohio State University um, is here. So most of the activism comes out of academia. And I've never been, um, I've never been a great student in any official capacities. So I didn't have those opportunities to organize in those ways. But um, the Trans Women of Color Collective um, in New York was founded after Amon Nettles uh, was murdered in New York City in 20, I want to say it was 2013. Mm. Um, uh, she was walking with her friend and a guy hit on her and then a friend of his noticed she was trans or she disclosed she was trans um, and right outside of a police station he that beat her head in, um, beat her until she was unconscious and she ended up dying in the hospital. Um, so the trans women of color collective formed in New York city. And then in 2014, um, me and three other trans women, um, Ripley Bennett, uh, Elm Hearns and Chernobyl Biko, uh, we had our own offshoot of the New York chapter of trans women of color collective. And we were able to actually just, organize um organize ourselves mostly but we were able to organize around black trans women in a way that the lgbt community in columbus wasn't prepared for um and quite frankly they didn't seem interested in at the time so it started off as just like you know these things are wrong i want to be able to say these things are wrong i want to be able to scream it off of a mountaintop um, I really wanted community. Um, I wanted to kind of, I'm not going to lie, I wanted to give it back to people mm-hmm. um, the way people had given it to us. So I think that was my initial entry, and I got so much more um, than what I came into it for originally. I really did get um, an affirming community of all different types of women, black women, beautiful black women, beautiful, brilliant, um, powerful black women to just breathe life into me and let me know in a way that my mother, um, who loves me and also has set the foundation for me to be able to do what I do, um, she just couldn't breathe that same life into me because she's not a trans woman. So I just, I was affirmed to life, I feel, um, by Trans Women of Color Collective and the people that I met there. And it's just been, you know, I yeah. haven't stopped. Um, it's really, it's really important to me, you know, as a citizen of the planet to do something to shift the bullshit. And I've always been, um, ever since I was young, I've always been really passionate about the things I've been really passionate about and fairness and equity have always been those things in some way, shape or form. So I look back now and it all makes sense. 
um, <laughs> when I was yelling at people in my social studies classes about being pro-choice, you know, or being pro-life um, versus pro-choice, like I look, I look back now and I see my work and my job, and I, I'm like, oh, okay, I this all this made was, sense. Yeah, <laughs> this all makes sense. This was the trajectory. I get it. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is a, this is a great, this is incredible, and I think as as you're talking, you know, a couple of things that are coming to me is like with the ability like you said being around these black trans women they were able to breathe life into you in a way that even your own mother wasn't able to and and all of this kind of you know and how important it is for us to be able to see ourselves in the world and see ourselves in community um and just how incredible that must have been to go from where you were from to be able to create this organization and is that one of the big pieces that's important in the work that you do is creating these kind of spaces to just be around each other and to see each other? Um, I think it's important for me personally, but the as, as my work has progressed, um, as my work is progressing, just us getting together to fellowship hasn't been... Um, hasn't been as much of a priority as I would like it to be. You know, um, sometimes we get together, but when we get together, we're strategizing, you know, um, we're talking about the conditions. We're trying to figure out what we can move from where we're standing, um, griping about the movement, what's happening. Um, but as far as it being a part of my work, I would say, no, not, not so much anymore. It was at that time, but I needed that in a way that I don't need it today. And so what are the things that are the main, what are the main focuses right now that you see that you're, you know, really fighting for or organizing for, for the liberation and the power of black trans women? What are the most important things in the forefront of your mind in this iteration? Um, I think power for me is the most, uh, the most important right now. Power, um, uh, Power coalition and education. Um, I really, really want black trans women to be able to be educated politically about what black trans people have contributed to politics, what black trans people have contributed to this society. Um, coalition, I want black trans women to not have to exist or not have to be isolated in their organization or in their work, you know, I want to be able to see black trans women actually working strategically across their different positions and their different locations. Um, and wait, did I say, I said power. You said power coalition and education. Yes. Okay. So I already named all of them. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> so those, those are the things I'm, I'm looking at. And those are the things that the people that I'm closest to um, personally and in this work are looking at. I think if we're going based off of like the general dialogue um, around what the issues are with trans people and trans women specifically, black trans women specifically, it's this idea that we're always, you know, dealing with violence, you know, that we're always reacting to violence or that our identities and violence are synonyms for one another um and as time has gone on that narrative it just doesn't serve the people that i roll with Mm -hmm. um it doesn't serve me um to me it serves to keep us in this like cycle of fear um and like performance like look at us just 
just affirm us, just love us, um, when that's not what we need. Like, we need power. Um, we need the girls to be armed. <laughs> we need the girls to be equipped to fight back in all of the ways. Um, and focusing on violence in a way that doesn't open up the conversation for how, how dynamic our lives are, um, I feel like it's a, it's a great detriment to all of us. Um, for how we know and think about trans people, specifically black trans women. Yeah, no, and, and as you're talking, you know, one of the things that I'm thinking, I mean, what's just so ridiculous in the world in general is that we even have to do this. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I know you agree, you're just like, gosh, it's just, to just be, it's like all you wanna do is just be like everybody else. And yeah. I, you know, and I get that too, just as a gay black man, like to just be, but then, and I, I always know, you know, I was talking to, to Wade Davis, um, former NFL player on one of these interviews, and he was talking about his privilege of being a gay man who, but you can't tell when he walks in a room. He, his personality mm -hmm. and the way he is seems like a straight man and how that is a privilege that he recognizes he has over someone like me who, when I walk into a room and speak, you already know. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. And then, you know, it's like there's no question unless you're real confused, you know, about life. And then yeah. to go from there, you know, even that being a privilege compared to what you're speaking of here um, and the basic things that you're that you're fighting for. It just seems so ridiculous and unfair that they even have to be a fight. Um, yeah, I mean, but, you know, we live and we live in a scary place. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we live in a very scary place. So, um it is one of those things where it's like, I hate that we have to do this, but I also understand that um, I I am like, so I don't know if humbled is the right word. I'm scared of how I feel most of the time, um, feeling like I have some control over um, just like our lot in life as black trans women, um, that I have some type of influence in that space is something that literally just scares the shit out of me um, because it's such a huge undertaking when I understand just how deeply marginalized um, and how deeply, not well, not how deeply erased, well, yeah, I guess how deeply erased um, we are being currently and have been um, in the world. But as, talking about privileges, you know, um, this is going to come out on my mom's birthday, so, you know, it's very important that I clarify mm -hmm. <laughs> that my mother, uh, my mother and my sister both have been just huge champions um, for me and of me, and that has been a privilege for me as a black trans woman. Um, as, a, as a trans person, period, it has been a privilege for me to have a family that not only accepts or tolerates, but like loves me like hard. Um, having that foundation has also helped me um, move forward in the work I do, but it's also, it feels like I have to, I have a different responsibility um, because I wasn't pushed out of my home. You know, I wasn't pushed out of school or anything like that. So I had the opportunity to be surrounded by the love of my family and to also get the love of community. I just feel I have to go and fight for people like me because everybody doesn't have that experience and everybody can't um, everybody can't articulate or 
move through these types of spaces um, like I can because of what I've been able to have um, mm. in terms of community. Yes. So it's something that I take very seriously, um, but I also just needed to clarify. Like, No, yes. Thank you, Mama. Right. We do not want to make Mama. I get it. <laughs> um, totally. And happy birthday to your mom as this comes out. It's right. Amazing. Happy birthday, Mom. And mom. I never saw her mom. Happy birthday, Monster. Uh, so another question that I have, and I'm asking this um, just mm-hmm. for the general public, right? And people listening to this who may have never listened to, you know, a trans person speak about anything uh-huh. at all. And one of the things that I know that I hear often that people say is, um, you know, I just don't know what how I'm supposed to be or what I'm supposed to say or how I'm supposed to act or am uh-huh. I supposed to mention, you know, those kind of questions when people just feel yeah. like flustered in fear or... Um, do you have anything that you can say to those people? I mean, sometimes what I say is yeah. just be normal. But like, you know what I mean? But just, yeah, yeah. Do you have anything that you can say to people who might need some advice on and welcoming and engaging with in a more natural way trans people? Um, advice, I, I, I guess, I mean, I have an offering. I want, I want all of us to demystify transness. Um, if you're not a trans person, you're never going to understand the majesty of our being, you know. Um, but all of us have genders. All of us have relationships to our genders. Um, just some of us have genders that have been lifted up um, and deemed as real or natural. Um, but the way you walk, the way you talk, the way you do your hair, you know, the way you see or the way you you um enunciate your words, all of these things are a part of your gender identity. Um, And every day we interact with people who actually show their gender in all different types of ways. I really would love for people to not think so hard about it. Um, And a lot of people who are uncomfortable with trans people or interacting or greeting or uh, giving correct pronouns probably should interrogate their own gender. Um, and their own relationship to their gender, because this is probably something happening personally with them, which is why they don't understand or why they can't um, get on the get jump on board um, with transness or can't respect trans people. Um, because we all have a relationship to gender, we also all have trauma um, and shame tied up with our gender, and everybody's trauma and shame about genders look about their gender looks different. Um, but I would say for two things for people to interrogate yourself, if a trans woman tells you her name or she tells you her pronoun and you feel like you can't do that or it's too difficult or whatever, uh, cockamamie reason people <laughs> come up with, um, maybe you should ask yourself about your gender identity. Like, When have you ever felt like you weren't actually living up to your full potential or you weren't actually showing up how you thought you wanted to or how you were supposed to or how you actually feel? But also, it's not that deep. Um, And respect is something that you don't have to understand my gender to respect me, you know. And I really want um, people to get over themselves um, in, in, in that regard. I was facilitating a conversation where people were so hung up on things that had nothing to do with them whatsoever. Right. Um, like being concerned about what kind of surgeries people were and weren't getting. And it's like, 
what does that have to do with you? Um, and I think that's a very valid question to ask people when they're so confused. Um, and they might actually, you know, it might have something to do with them on a different level, but whatever. But yeah, that's, that, those are my offerings. Um, demystify it. It's, it's not that deep. It's not that serious. You're never going to understand anybody's gender identity fully, um, including people that you think have a natural gender or a real gender. Um, and, you know, yeah. Ask yourself questions, not me. <laughs> Listen, this is the truth, okay? This is so good. This is so good. I'm looking at our time right now, and I'm like, I just need to talk to you for so much longer, but we're almost at our time. And so I want to make sure that I kind of get through the three tips question that you know that I ask. For those of you listening for the first time, one of the questions that I ask every single person on the podcast is for three life lessons, three tips, or they can even be specific to trans people or people talking to trans people or giving trans people power. It can be about anything that you want, Erin. Um, but for those people listening, it's because when I listen to a lot of motivational podcasts or inspirational stories, it's like they move me to want to do something, but then they don't usually tell me what to do. And so I'm, yeah. I'm you know, looking for each of our guests to give people something they can do as soon as they stop listening that can help impact their lives. So I'll let you take the floor on those three. Okay. Um, My first one is going to be to uh, trans women, black trans women, and it is um, lead your transition, your life with your interests. Um, A lot of a lot of girls go and get into nonprofit and movement space because these are the only spaces that they have actually seen trans women thriving and working. But A lot of girls get into those spaces, and that's not actually what they want to do. Um, It's not actually what they're interested in. And my offering is that you're always going to be way better off if you start your work based off of what you're interested in. Um, Lead with your interests. And um, as my sis, Jamal Lewis, says, you know, uh, skill first. You don't have to always be a trans person. You don't always have to perform your transness. You don't always have to give cis people um, a deeper look into the most personal, intimate details of yourself um, just to fit in or to be in the room. You know, if you've got skills, you can lead with those, even though they say they talk to us like we don't have skills and like we can't, it's absolutely possible. So to trans women, um, or to everybody, but mostly to trans women, um, lead with your skills and your interests. Um, secondly, be honest. Um, (laughs) I was talking to somebody the other day and they told me that, uh, they didn't think honesty was a trait. It was a skill. Um, And I agree. I think being honest and and strengthening that muscle as often as you can from tiny moments to large ones um, will ultimately make you feel more centered in yourself and will help you sleep at night. Um, I've ruffled a lot of feathers. I've made a lot of enemies, um, but I haven't made an enemy out of myself because I try to be honest all the time when I can. and thirdly, uh, this is Lisa Nichols, and I'm feeling it, but uh, do it while you're afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, not I think, I know, my life has literally been a testament to being scared shitless to do things um, and just walking forward and doing them anyway. Um, so to anybody out there that has something that they're 
afraid to try or they got a not a deep dark secret but they have a, a deep desire um, that they just don't think they could pull off just just walk forward do it while you're afraid um, and your life will literally explode open for you um, yeah, so I guess those are my These are three. amazing. <laughs> yes, lead with your skills and lead with yeah. your skills, be honest and do it while you're afraid. Now those are some those are some big ones. Aaron, I feel like we could unpack those for another 30 minutes, but we won't. It's do true. That, you it's know. True. And you know, there's one more question that I surprise ask every single person oh, on the yay. on the podcast. Um and it's really simple actually. It's if knowing everything that you know now and everything that you've gone mm-hmm. through, and I know you're continuing to grow and evolve. Um, but everything that you do know now, if you could look back at your younger self, maybe pre-transition or in a time in your life where you were going through something difficult, and you could look yourself in the eyes with everything that you know today and give yourself one piece of advice, what would it be? Uh, okay. If I could give myself one piece of advice. Um, no one will ever know you as well as you know you. No one, mm. <laughs> absolutely no one. No one can tell you anything about yourself that you don't agree with, um, that you don't believe about yourself. You are the only person on this planet that knows exactly what makes you who you are. Mm. This is so good. And as you're saying that, it's just even like, I'm imagining as we try to go get advice from other people, ask them what we should do or if we should do this or if we should do that. It's like, no, you know. You're the only person who really mm-hmm. knows, right? And you know who you are. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Erin, thank you so much for taking the time uh, to, to do this with me today. I'm so honored to have you on this list, and I'm so glad that I didn't make almost make a big fuck up and not have somebody on this list. <laughs> and, um, no, I'm glad you didn't fuck up either. Me uh, too. Honor is mine. Thank you for including me. So for people who want to um, get more involved or understand a little bit more about what you have coming up or even what's going on with Get Equal, what are the best ways for people to find out more about this work and what you're doing online? Um, you can follow Get Equal on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter. Um, Instagram is A-A-R-Y-E-N-E-N-L-A-N-D, and then uh, Twitter is just my name. Aaron Lang. So if you want awesome. to stay tuned, follow my Instagram. I hate Twitter. Follow my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that actually. I was like, she ain't posted on Twitter in a while. Let me go to her Instagram and see what's up. I feel you though. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you again, Aaron. And for everybody listening, thank you for taking the time today. Take these 30 minutes out of your life to listen to something that can motivate you, can inspire you, can create change in your life. It's by doing this that we really create movements and, and break the generational generational patterns of oppression that have been placed on us and sometimes we even place on ourselves. And so we hope that these weekly interviews and these many tips that we give out to you guys are helping you grow and learn to make history in your own way. If you haven't done so already, make sure you go to Motivation for blackpeople.com and just put in your email address we send out weekly motivational tips we have tons of interviews with lots of inspirational young leaders who are making history today and until the next time i will talk to you on the next podcast bye